We are ready, sir. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, guys, thanks for coming. Yes. Welcome to the Heart of Real Estate Market Update. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this yeah, one. This I is am. our second one. This is our second one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wait, who are you? First. I'm Steven Salinas. Yeah. Loan officer with the team. And I'm Mike McFarland, team lead. Yeah. And we are. We're the Mortgage Micro. Mortgage Micro. Yeah. Right. We've got Joe, our marketing guru on here. Yeah. We've Production got manager. Anybody ever needs any help with uh, social media, he's the guy to talk to. Yeah. We yeah. got Dwayne Green. Yeah, our pre-approval specialist, our yeah. loan technician, yeah, our our superhero. Basically. Yeah, his, his superpower is uh, yeah, putting together really great loan files that <laughs> fly through underwriting and get to closing without any problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But guys, we're excited. I think um, the reason we've could, we've started this is really just to provide information um, for the market. Um, we were talking to our good friend Alex Massa, who's our guest today. Alex, you can wave. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be talking about uh, appraisals and yes. valuing homes in 2023. Um, we're going to give him some time just to share what he's seeing on his side and what's going on in the market, what to expect in 2023, yeah. and also kind of just share the questions that he gets all the time and just share some wisdom on what's going on with the market. Alex, feel free to introduce yourself and tell them hang on let me, let me i want to introduce oh, you because i've known alex i've known alex for a long time so i don't want to have no yes. without <laughs> an introduction from from me so uh alex um alex and i have worked together for probably 10 years now um and he is uh absolutely i'd say he's our secret weapon steven yeah absolutely. Uh, in in our business model and what we do because uh alex number one gives us real uh, real estate appraisers that are um, that know their market. So as we go out to place appraisal orders, uh, he has uh, appraisers that are market specific. So we know when we go to Alex and his team that we're going to get a qualified uh, appraiser that knows what they're doing going into the marketplace to give us a good valuation. The other thing is this, is that if we ever have any problems, I know I can go to Alex and can help us try to solve them. Uh, so he's always great about either telling us, Hey, you know what, if we can, if you maybe work a couple extra comps in, we'll be, we'll be able to at least help out on value here, or if there's no way we're going to get it done. We need to figure out how to negotiate this contract, uh, which is just great, right? Cause at least we know what we need to do. Um, but Alex, you just, you're just a great resource for us, man. You're like invaluable in regards to just a partner that we have in our business. Um, yeah. you got a great company appraisal MC, um, you don't just do appraisals here in town. You you do them across Texas and actually across the country as well. So you've got panels of appraisers uh, spanning the country. So yeah, without further ado, Alex Massa, take it away, my friend. Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for for having me. I'm excited to be on this podcast. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you one thing my son says, and I'll spare you the long story is no one likes commercials. So I'm going to keep my pitch really quick. I just want to let you know a little bit about myself and my background. And yeah. then we're going to jump right, right into it. So um, I've been in the appraisal business since 99, currently CEO of Appraisal MC, which does the, the management and compliance of appraisals across the nation. We're in 39 states. We've got a staff division with 30 appraisers that work there and 4,000 contracted appraisers across the nation. So when I tell you I get to see a lot of what's going on uh, from East Coast to West Coast, I do. Um, and we're in a different market now. And you know, Mike and I were chatting, what should be the topic? And, and to be quite honest, 
we're all having to make a shift. And I started thinking about this podcast and what's going to be important as uh, as an agent in the coming year. And having been through a down market or shifting market, the ones that really excelled were the experts. So I'm going to peg 2023 as the year of the experts. And today I'm going to give you, we're just going to go through some items that, um, that we use as appraisers and some other items that I've picked up that I think will make you a better realtor in the future. And it, it may benefit those loan officers and uh, that are on this call as well. Um, one of the things that I think is very important to understand is where the market's headed next year, we're going to be in a little bit of a slower market, which means you'll have less opportunity to close deals. So what you need to do is get your capture rate up and you've got to refine your toolkit. So I'm going to share my screen. Let me know. Can you guys see this? The formula yeah, utilized. Yeah. Okay. First thing that I think when you're talking about a listing and, and understanding a listing appointment, I think the first thing you really need to understand is what's the buyer's motivation in selling a house. Do they want to sell it quickly because they're moving? Are they wanting to sell it at fair market value and they've got an extended period of time to sell? I think it's going to take longer to sell now. And that's the first question I think you need to ask yourself when going into a listing appointment. Uh, One really neat tool that appraisers have is um, a formula called the absorption rate. And the absorption rate, all it does is really determine what the supply and demand is or the supply is for a particular neighborhood. You know, we are blessed to have HAR in our market, which is uh, a really, really good MLS system, if not the best in, in the entire U.S. And they'll put out comments saying, you know, we're at a three-month supply. And that may be true for the entire market, but what's important is your particular market. So this absor- absorption rate can be very valuable in this time where supply is increasing and we're turning from, we're, we're going from a uh, a seller's market more to a buyer's market. So let's take, for example, a specific neighborhood. I'm going to pick Oak Forest in, in Houston. And let's say in the past 12 months, we've had 120 sales in Oak Forest. So if you divide 120 by 12, that gives you 10 sales per month. And what that's telling me as an appraiser and me as a real estate professional is that we're able to absorb about 10 sales per month. In order to figure out the supply, you divide the number of active listings. In this case, let's say we have 80 active listings by your sales per month, which we determined was 10. This gives you an eight-month supply on the market. So why is this important? How can you use it if you're going into a listing appointment? And the seller's like, hey, thank you for coming. Um, I want to get full market value and I need to sell in 60 days. And you're, you've already done your homework, you're an expert in the field as an agent, and you know that there's an eight-month supply. Eight-month supply means it's going to take eight months to absorb all the inventory currently on the market, which means you've got a lot of competition. So if someone wants to sell their house in 60 days, what are they going to do? They're going to have to sell it at a lower price than market value to move it quicker. So I think this is a formula that not many realtors use. 
other ways that I would use this if I were a realtor is um, a lot of times when you're pricing a property, you're really pricing it at where the seller wants to price it and having a conversation on how to lower that price may be difficult, but maybe if you're running this analysis and sharing this with the seller on a weekly basis and showing that the supply is increasing might make the conversation to lower the price a little bit easier. So it's a really cool formula. Um, it's one tool that appraisers use on all appraisals and I wanted to share that. Let me go to this next slide. Okay, so becoming an expert in a market. Let's say that you get a call from a potential client and it's in the neighborhood that you've never sold a home in. Um, I live in the neighborhood called Briargrove Park. And in this particular neighborhood, there are three or four agents that are so-called experts in this market that live in the market or um, they, they blanket the market with their marketing and they're known as the experts in the market. Well, let me tell you why you shouldn't be intimidated by competition like this. So I have a couple of brother-in-laws that both lived in this neighborhood at one point and both at one time wanted to sell their house and they called some of the experts in this market. And the expert agents went in there, I'll give you the story of one in particular, and told my brother-in-law, hey, your home will sell for about 525, 530. The next call my brother-in-law made was to the real expert in the market, which you would think is me, and I'll tell you why I'm not the expert in the market, even though I live in it. And he thought, what, you know, he asked, what do, what do you think? Do you think 525, 530 is uh, a fair price? And I said, absolutely not. I, I think it's probably worth 575, 580. And let me put you together with an agent that I know doesn't live in this market, but he's an expert and he's going to figure this out for you. So that agent went over there and pitched my brother-in-law and told him, look, I think I can sell it for 600 to 615. So they put it on the market at 615 and ended up getting 610. So this is an a mm -hmm. agent that is not the so-called expert in the market. I thought it would sell for 575 and I live in this market. I'm not the expert. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it's he, what he did and what he realized that I even missed is that that house was contemporary in a neighborhood that's predominantly ranch style, traditional homes. And people in Houston want something a little bit different and they would pay a premium at that time. This is 2016, 2015. So he, he ended up realizing that this home could get a premium and decided to list it for more and, and he nailed it on the head. So I brought up um, this map and just some pointers on how to become an expert in the market. So some tips on that. The first thing I would do if I'm not an expert in the market is I would map every single sale in the past 12 months. And that's what we've got right here. Like every home that sold in Briargrove Park in the past 12 months. And I'm gonna study this map. And when I'm studying this map, I've never, I'm not a realtor and I've never sold a home in here, um, but how do I become an expert? I've got to analyze what I'm looking at. And what I notice is that there's a street that cuts it right down the middle. These big white lines are, are busy streets and that's Briar Forest. And in this neighborhood, the homes that are north of Briar Forest sell at a higher price point than the ones that are lower, lower, um, than Briar Forest, south of Briar Forest. And why is this important? Let's say you're going to a listing appointment and you're on the higher price point section on the north side. What if you show up with three 
comps, three CMA comps that are all south of Briar Forest, do you think you're going to get that listing? And the answer is no, because that seller, that homeowner knows that the homes north of Briar Forest are priced higher. So you need to become the expert before you go in there. You're investing time in, um, you know, dry cleaning, research, drive time in order to pitch it, become the expert. Things I would do before I go to a listing appointment, if I'm in that position, is I would drive the neighborhood. What amenities are in this neighborhood? Um, are there different price points even within, within the same subdivision? In this scenario, there are. So you need to become an expert in that. I'd go as far as looking up the deed restrictions or pulling up the HOA website and just becoming a real expert and then start analyzing the sales that are really important. You know, you know, talking about CMA, I'm gonna to touch on that just a little bit um, in what I would do in this market. As appraisers, we're looking historically at sales and the market's shifted so quickly. Um, looking at sales that happened eight months ago may not be relevant today. So one thing that I would look at today is what's currently active on the market, what's been on the market for a long time and why, and then what's pending. I think right now, putting your finger on the pulse of what's pending is the most important thing on the CMA. How long was it on the market? How was it priced? And that's going to give you the most pinpoint accurate um, idea of where a buyer uh, about how a buyer is going to react. You know, it's very different than how we do appraisals. Appraisals have strict guidelines at looking historically. So I think that's just one tip that, that I would share with you in this market is look and see what's active, look and see what's pending. If something's been active for a long time, is it overpriced? Is it haunted? Like what, what's wrong with it, right? Um, and I, I think that's one tip that I would share with you. Let's go to one next slide here. Um, I'll do this two more quick slides. People always ask me, how do you come up with adjustments? And I think this is for those agents that haven't been to one of my classes before, such a relevant slide. Um, and one thing I want you to realize at the end of this is what we do as real estate professionals, both appraisers and uh, realtors. So in this scenario, you've got two identical homes that sold in the market. The only difference is home A, had a two-car garage, Home B did not. And if you look at the price of Home A, it sold for $210, and that's the one with the two-car garage. Home B did not have a two-car garage and sold for $200. So there's a theory called paired sales analysis that we utilize, which the theory says that taking two very similar sales in the market where one might have a different feature the price point difference is what that feature is actually worth to a buyer. So taking that theory and applying it to, to this scenario, a two-car garage is worth 10 grand. So I get um, questions all the time, well, you know, how much does a two-car garage cost to build? I did an addition on my house recently, and I built a two-car garage, and it cost me $38,340. That's how much it costs to build a two-car garage in my neighborhood. And in my neighborhood, a two-car garage may get you 10 or 15 grand. So why does the cost not equal the value? And this is where, um, this is what I, the, the revelation that I want you to walk away with today in this scenario is that what we measure as real estate professionals is what a buyer is willing to pay, not what it costs, right? So when you get a list of, 
hey, I did $200,000 in upgrades and you know it should be worth 300 grand more. Not necessarily. It depends on what the market's willing to pay for that feature. Um, pools are perfect examples. A pool in Texas right now costs 100 grand to build and install, and it might get you between 10 and 20 grand on an appraisal because that's the that's what the market's willing to pay. Mm. Last slide, and then I'm going to go into some other tips is when you are on a call and getting information from the seller, preparing for a, a listing interview or listing presentation, one thing I would do is try and verify the square footage because a lot of times the county appraisal district is not correct. So just, I'm gonna run through this really quick. A few questions you can ask is, ask if the seller's got a prior appraisal that they've uh, done before. And if there's a sketch that they can provide to verify the square footage, look at prior listings, see if they've got builder plans available. And the last option is hire an appraiser. The last thing you wanna do is going in, go into a listing appointment with incorrect data that, um, uh, you know, forces you to pull incorrect comps. So knowing the correct square footage and what updates and upgrades were done will help you better your listing presentation as far as the CMA goes. So that's it for the slides here. I want to touch on a couple of other topics. So yeah, you know, thanks to, to Mike, this class that I did um, really was able to show what appraisers do and how we can technically help a realtor. And I had uh, an agent come up to me the other day. He had an engineering background and he said, Alex, I love your presentation and the tools you have. But the other day I got beat out by an agent that was an expert at staging. So this is where I talk about becoming an expert. And as a realtor, you are the quarterback, really you're the coach and quarterback of the transaction. And as a realtor, I believe you need to become an expert in all fields. And one of the fields that I thought would be important is learning how to stage, right? Learning what a buyer wants to walk into. I think that's so relevant. The next thing that um, I, I, Carl and Steve had a great um, podcast. And one thing that Carl talked about is having a great presentation. You get one chance to wow this seller. You're competing more and more against more and more agents. So having a stellar presentation, whether you're using technology or research, you got to present it in a way that just blows away the competition. So um, like Carl said in the, on that podcast, like get, take a class on, on presentations and how to deliver uh, impactful presentations. The next thing I'm going to talk about, and this is where the mortgage side comes in, um, is understanding what financing options are available. Right now, it's it's become less affordable for home for buyers to buy homes. So you've got to figure out what's available out there to get people into homes. What options are there? Are there ARM transactions or adjustable rate mortgage options? Are there two one buy downs? You know, becoming an expert, understanding what Stephen and Mike have to offer. I think also is important to the realtor's toolkit. And you need to sit down with them and understand what options they've got right now. The next thing, and this goes hand in hand with working with your mortgage professional is negotiations. So right now, 
the buyer's in the driver's seat. So you're able to negotiate more. You're able to uh, extract more from the seller. And how much can you ask for seller's contributions? Mm. Where can you apply that, right? So um, understanding what Mike and Steven can do with certain seller's contributions is going to become really important. So I'm trying to think if there is anything else um, as far as building the toolkit. Last thing I'm going to mention here is make sure you're building your online presence. I don't do it in my business because I'm B2B, but your B2C is a realtor. And if you don't know that seller, they're going to research you online. So making sure that you've got consistent marketing, that you've got a strategy for them, um, and that you've got a presence that is consistent with what you do and you as a professional is going to help you. This yeah. is the time to become the expert. This is the time to refine your toolkit, to become better than the competition. The good news is because it's going to be slower, it's going to weed out those that are not experts. I'll tell you, our business suffered through 2008 and we changed our strategy and we were able to start Appraisal MC during that time. And we grew Appraisal MC into a multi-million dollar company. There's opportunity in this space. There's opportunity next year. And it's going to be for those that are prepared. 2023 is the year of the expert. So yeah. I'll I'll go back to Mike. I'm sorry. I just went on. Thanks, a, Alex. Yeah, I love that. I mean, on a the year of the expert and surrounding yourself with experts is so important. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> well, and I think going back to Alex, you had a couple of things. One, you know, contributions, right? Like, yeah, we can get contributions and. And we got a contract in the other day <clears throat> that we negotiated or helped the, the agent negotiate out where we've got $10,000 in seller contributions. Uh, I mean, it's like, and that was more than what we asked for. We had asked yeah. for like 8,500 yeah. and we got 10 grand out of it. So that was great. And the seller, and the seller took that, right? Um, so that was, uh, and we saw the price, the list price go from 235 to 225. So um there is a pliability in the marketplace that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, I, I don't, if anybody has questions, feel free to just type them in the chat or, or yeah, or, feel free to throw them in the chat. Yeah. Um, and I've got a couple of things I'll just ask you, yeah. Alex, as yeah. I was writing some notes here. So as we're looking at the market specifically in Houston today, you yeah. know, in the summer, homes work set in three days before there's an offer on them and they're under contract. How long are houses sitting on the market today in Houston? Um, or what's what's that time period looking like now? How are, What's that expansion of time that we're beginning to experience so that our, our agents know what to tell, you know, their sellers, hey, you know, you're not going to get an offer tomorrow, probably, right? right? <laughs> so, yeah, and I think it's so important, you know, on a macro level, we're close to three months supply. HIR came out with stats yesterday. I didn't get a chance to read them. That's the entire market, but that goes back to that formula, the absorption rate and figuring out a specific neighborhood. In 2009, Tanglewood, for example, was at a 22 month supply of homes. Wow. 22 mm. month supply of homes. So to put that in perspective, that means it would take close to two years to absorb all the all the homes in that market. Now, you would think that because there's so much supply on the market that there's going to be a decline in values. Well, there wasn't. And I expect that to be the case in this scenario as well. Now, we're not seeing 
uh, properties selling over list price. I haven't seen a contract over list price in the past two months. And that was probably one out of every three in the beginning of the year. So the, the market's shifted. It's a, it is a little slower. Again, it's shifted from sellers to buyers. Yeah. Um, but analyzing specific markets is what's going to be important as far as the supply goes. Yeah. You, you hit on another uh, thing that I was going to bring up is, is that it's not that the market's depreciating, it's just decelerating, right? 100%. Yeah, listen, there, I think it's getting back to normal. There, there are right. markets uh, that are in a slight decline. You know, those sellers that have to sell and have to sell quick are going to cut their price. And that is going to be analyzed by the market as a decline, even though it may not really be. It's just they didn't market it long enough to get full market value. A healthy market is six months supply, but um, we haven't been in a six month supply since, Josh, I can't even remember the last time we were in a six month <laughs> supply. Um, yeah. So I, I think the perception of, are we in the decline? Not really. If you market it long, like the, as long as it should be marketed, I think we're still in a stable market. Got it. And I, and I feel the same way. I don't like, I don't, I don't think that real estate's a poor investment uh, at any point in time. And to say that we've hit a bubble as I think is uh, not appropriate specifically, at least in our market, for sure. Not in our market. You're yeah, right. yeah. 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 Well, Mike, we can, um, yeah. as we're kind of wrapping things up, mm -hmm. um, we always like to end things with some encouragement on just things that we're seeing on our side. We have a lot of access to um, great information from what um, our market is seeing as far as like yeah. inflation rate mm -hmm. goes, as yeah. far as, you know, the trend of interest rates. Yeah. Uh, Mike, share an encouragement. What are you seeing? What can we, you know, hope yeah. for and expect for 2023? Yeah. You know, what should we do right now yeah. to prepare? Yeah, right now. So here's here's the last Heart of Real Estate monthly market update we did. We had Dave Sparling, our capital markets guy on. Yeah. And it just so happened that the Fed spoke the week before that and, and did a 75 basis point increase in the Fed funds rate. And then the day that we did our uh, our update, core inflation came out and it had dropped for the first time in the last year. Um, and so, um, what I want, I think what, what I'm here to just kind of project out to all of you guys from an encouragement standpoint is, is that we're seeing core inflation is beginning to slow down or not even slow down. It's coming down and it's projected that it'll do that again, uh, here in December. In fact, next week on Tuesday, core inflation comes out for November. And then we have the fed, uh, doing their announcement on Wednesday. Expectation is core inflation is going to come down. The Fed's expected to just increase uh, the Fed funds rate by 50 basis points. So they've stopped their 75 basis point um, uh, stance right, right. that they've had for the last several. Um, and then, you know, really, what does that mean for us and what are we seeing? Um, I'm going to tell you this. We're, we're in a recession. Right. Thank you, Jefferson, in that article the other day. The country's in a recession. And I'm going to tell you that that's a great thing for housing. Like, so, I'm so glad we're in a recession because housing leads the economy out of a recession. And how does that happen? It happens with rates coming down and it happens with people buying homes, like home buying is going to increase. And so what we're going to see as we head into the beginning of the year, and we're already seeing it now, you're just not seeing it as realtors, is that rates are coming down. We're not quoting yeah. rates in the sevens anymore. We might yeah. be high to mid sixes and on an FHA loan, if you want to pay points, you might be at five and 5.9. So yeah, the, the, the the drop is beginning to gradually take place. 
And what I think is going to happen is that eventually the news is going to get hold of what's happening and they're going to start talking about that's what we're seeing. And that's going to spur people into the market. And yeah. we're going to see, I think we're going to see people that have been sitting on the sidelines coming back in because they thought this was not the good time to buy because of interest rates. And we all know yeah. that people don't buy rates, uh, buy homes because of rates. Um, they're buying because of an investment. Um, so here's what I'm going to tell you. Um, keep your keep your focus on what you're doing, right? Become the market expert. Like Alex said, continue to talk to your database. We're doing a lot of that right now with our database. In fact, we did it yesterday. Um, we set up, our, we have our Google business page and we were asking for reviews and we got, a, we got a bunch. Yeah. And that's a great way to build your online presence through Google reviews, uh, yeah. to call your past clients for a reason to call them, right? If you took really good care of them, they're going to love to give you a good review. And we're seeing that already. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I'm just, yeah. we're super encouraged. Yeah. We're encouraged. You know, we would just say like, do the right things if you need some if you need some people to to run with, yeah. give us a call. Run with us. Um, we're happy to run with you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining. Um, if you're listening to this recording, we will see you next time. Yep. Feel free to share this. Uh, we're going to be posting it to social media, just getting it out there. Right. But we will see you guys next time, uh, next month for our Heart of Real Estate Monthly, monthly market, market Update. See you guys. Cool.